the prophet's mantle. Okay, we're going to really dig in deep on what God has given me about the mantle. And as I do my teaching, I always throw in experiences and examples. It helps you understand. You know how they say some people are learners because they hear. Some people are seers and some people are doers. Well, really, to be honest with you, we need all three of them. There's always a one preferred method that we might prefer more or than the other, but we have to have all three. So the introduction here for the prophet's mantle is going to be what is a mantle. And so we'll have topics and segments. So in other, in other words, in order to understand the power of the prophetic mantle, listen to these key words, power of the prophetic mantle, the secret is hidden in its definition, meaning what is a prophetic mantle? What is a mantle? It's something that's worn for a purpose. However, there is spiritual re uh, revelation that you need to understand when you hear this type of dis uh, topic discussed. Spiritual revelation. So the mantle is spiritual. Don't think of, and don't just put it, leave it in your, your natural mind that you're looking at a cloak over someone. This is not very big. <laughs> but, you know, mantles are much bigger than this. They can be long robe all the way to the ground, like a choir robe. Uh, as you can tell, a lot of people that are in, when you get into the religious settings, they're robed, they're adorned, they're clothed with something. It represents a spiritual, it has a spiritual meaning, spiritual authority. It has a spiritual place of where they belong. A place, position, is order. If I'm in my place, I'm in order. Position is an order. It's a place. It's a place and it's a realm in the spirit. Okay? Not here sitting. We occupy two places when we become born-again Christians, spirit-filled. We have two, we, we, uh, we locate, bio-locate, duo-locate, however you want to explain it. You're in your natural body here with your spirit man, but you're also sitting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus with your spirit man. You're occupying two realms, meaning you have access to two realms. If you occupy two realms, you have access to them, right? So... Um, we operate in the realm of the prophetic. So when we talk about realms, we talk about lots of realms. We talk about uh, dimensions. We talk about lots of dimensions. We talk about levels. There's different places in the spirit realm, in the heavenlies, in the third realm. There is a, there is a first realm and a second realm as far as heaven. And when you talk about heaven, heaven is basically an atmosphere of space. So the first rim is where we see each other here, right here, in the earth rim. Second rim then would be the sky and the stars. And then somewhat above there is still the second rim, which you can't see. You know, when you're in an airplane and you're up high altitude, there's still some vast space that's about beyond that. That's still considered the second heavens. Above the second heavens is the third heavens. And I have I've experienced being able to locate or be, I was taken in all three. In, um, I was on the elevator, but I thought it was an elevator. But I was in my dream, so I was in my dream, but I was, um, it wasn't a, 
I can say it was a trance. Sometimes you could be in a dream. You could have a trance in a dream, so you don't limit God. You could have a trance in a dream. You'd have a vision in the dream. You can have a dream in the dream. It's amazing. But this was why I would say maybe I was in a trance because I was in it. And so the, the elevator took off straight up horizontally. Or is that vertical? Vertical? Uh, vertical, straight up. Straight up like, I mean like if, you, if I snap my fingers like this, okay, we was up to the second level. And then it planed. It planed meaning I went, it went horizontal for a bit. It had to shift something in order to get to the second, go through the second heavens. And then again, it, so it went straight up like this. Again, a snap of the finger. We were in the third heavens. So it was like plain, plain, and then plain, and then was, we were there. We hit three heavens. And when the door opened, I'm thinking I'm in an elevator. <laughs> I think it was, a, it was some kind of ship, uh, chariot, whatever you want to call it. The door opened, and I saw all the vastness of all these people and all this activity going on. People were also getting off the same type of thing I was getting off of. And they were being escorted to places in heaven. They were being escorted. So I watched how that process happened, whatever it was. God wanted me to see it. And that, that was the end of it. So that's how I know there are at least three heavens. Okay? We're dealing with the spiritual realm, which you can access the spiritual realm in first heaven, second heaven, or third heaven. As God, Holy Spirit, allows you. Okay? We, we pray and worship. We can't see anything. Because remember, we please God and we access God by faith. But as we're worshiping, our worshiping is going into the third heavens. I was taken up in front of the throne before and, and worshiped in front of him, dancing. It was just a matter of snap of an eye. Close my eyes. I was there. Awesome. <laughs> and if you watch... Enough, if you're a seer, you see in the spirit realm, you can actually see heavenly beings. You can see spiritual things happening. It's almost like something's happening behind the scene. It's like a smoke screen. But you know something happening there. You know, if you've been in a strong meeting and anointing, you can almost see the anointing on somebody falling or them receiving it. It's, it's a supernatural experience. You, can, you can't... You can't experience it any other way except that way, supernaturally and not in the natural. So when we, this discussion tonight is all about the spiritual realm and not the natural realm as much. Okay, so we're going to talk about the mantles. The question was, what is a mantle? The ancient mantle is more than just a piece of cloth worn by the prophets. A mantle is far more significant in the spirit realm than was than what is understood in the natural realm. It has more significance. Now this is being recorded, so you can get you can take a few notes and headings, but you get get this and go back and listen again. So it's more significant in the spirit realm than it is in the natural realm. So this thing I have on now, right here, is more significant in the spirit, even though it's keeping me warm here in the natural. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the prophetic mantle gives a prophet or person functioning in this dimension. Operational capabilities. So we always say, uh, some say, I won't say we all, 
I say, I think, I've heard others say too, like their mantle has certain tools to it. It has gifts. So I think of like putting on a person who is a carpenter or electrician, they put on their belt, tool belt, take it, put it right here, and they got everything hanging off of it that they need. They got their hammer, their electric saw, whatever, whatever they need. They got it hanging on their tool belt. Mantle is similar to that. It allows us to operate in a certain way in that realm, in the heavenlies. And it's recognizable in the heavenlies, by heavenly beings, by the heavenly host, and Jesus himself, okay? The prophetic uh, mantle, the functions of that, this capabilities, far beyond what we talk about when we talk about in another segment, uh, spirit of prophecy that enters, enters into a, a meeting and then the, the tongues or the, the Lord speaks. It's like a heavenly hush. And it's different than the gift of prophecy, which is the Holy Spirit manifests the gift of through, uh, a believer, the gift of prophecy. And you can ask for the gift of prophecy. And then with your faith, you can receive the gift of prophecy and operate out of it. Out of practice, you have to actually use it. And there's also a prophetic anointing. The, the prophet and the spiritual mantle function more under the spiritual anointing. Very little is it that they need, they have the gift, access to the gift of prophecy, but their function is far above the gift of prophecy. Okay? Kind of keep those in mind. It's important that we examine what the prophetic mantle entails, what it carries, and what it involves compared to the other dimensions of the prophetic, which we just mentioned, those three. Uh, spirit of prophecy, gift of prophecy, and the prophetic anointing. The prophet is God's appointed spokesperson. He chose them before the foundations of the earth before the world, the cosmos, was even created. Prophets were chosen. Same for apostles, and I would think fivefold ministry would be any of the fivefold ministry gifts. But of course tonight we're talking about the prophet, and you can really, it really kind of correlates with the apostolic as well. Prophets in the Old Testament operated minimally under the gift of prophecy. Very little did they operate under the gift of prophecy. God always gave them something to do, something to do, something to say, somewhere to be. They operate and function under their mantle, the power and authority they had. All they had to do was show up and, and do what God said do. Yeah, if he said say something, yes, do what he says say. Sometimes that saying, we think it comes from the gift of prophecy. Hmm. That's one of those selahs. <laughs> That's something for us, you, me, you on, on the, on the uh, listening to further pursue. When God speaks to the prophet, is it the gift of prophecy? Hmm. I've been saying lately for me, I've been getting downloads. Uh, 
I, I, I know I'm under the anointing, but it's natural. It seems so natural. It's like putting on my glove. That place. Remember we said place is not only a position, it's order. What were you created to do and to be? As a prophet, you're not a gift. You're not a gift of the spirit. Many confuse themselves when they look at the Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11. Jesus gave, he didn't say I gave gifts to be prophets. He said I didn't give a prophet gifts. I, he said I gave some to be prophets. So you, you're what it is. He assigned you that. That's what you are. And I always use the example of uh, it's how you're supposed to function on the earth. Oh, uh, like a, oh, uh, okay, a rose. That rose is supposed to be a rose. Can't be anything else. That's what he said it's going to be. So it's going to operate and function and look and be a rose. A prophet's going to be a prophet. It's not a gift. It's not an anointing. Okay? I don't want to say it either. It's not an it. It's a person. We're mere, mere humans. Just like Jesus was. Just as, as Adam named the animals and they became what he called them, same principle is here for a prophet. A prophet is born with certain traits, attributes, and abilities. They are marked. They are spokespersons for God. Prophets are holy. They are sanctified. They are set apart by God. Having a spirit to seek God in everything, in all things. They seek him and they obey him and they do what he says do. Do they do it 100% of the time? <laughs> no, I doubt it. <laughs> we waver, we waver sometimes. But we try. And God looks at the heart. He knows the heart. And he knows what you will do when you do it. Sometimes he'll tell you things to do this very unpromptly. And you know it's him. You just don't even question it. It's done. But sometimes he'll tell you to do things that he'll let you ponder on and question or fleece him. <laughs> there are various meanings of mantles in the Bible. We're back to what a mantle is. The main idea is that of a covering, such as a cloak, a robe, or other article of clothing. In biblical times, a mantle was typically described as a large, loosely fitting garment made of animal skin, or sheepskin. Several people are mentioned as wearing a mantle in the Bible. And I'm going to give you their names and then their scripture. And it's your homework. You can go look it up and read it when you go back before the Lord and study this. That's what I used to always do. I'd get a powerful message, go back and spend my time, prayer time, and then I'd go back and, and, and seek the Lord on things that I learned. And he would just give me more revelation. He would make that thing become more real in me. Um, imparting in me. Okay, so the first person here I'm going I'm to give you is Job. And it's Job chapter 1, verse 20. You said Job? Job. Oh, Job. 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 Uh -huh. chapter, chapter 1, verse 20. Ezra. E-Z-R-A. Ezra. Chapter 9, verse 5. Elijah. 
not Shah. Not, this is E-L-I-J-A-H, Elijah. First Kings 1, verse 8. First Kings chapter 1 and verse 8. And John the Baptist. Matthew 3, verse 4. Matthew 3, verse 4. These are a few people. And how about a female? Look at Isaiah 3, 22. I didn't write her name down. Isaiah chapter 3, verse 22. Isaiah 3, verse 22. Did we get those? I'll, go, I'll say them real quick again. Job 1, verse 20. Ezra 9, verse 5. Elijah is 1 Kings 1, verse 8. John the Baptist, Matthew 3 and 4. Chapter 3, verse 4. And then a female, Isaiah 3, verse 22. Now the prophet Samuel... His mantle was torn by King Saul as a symbol that God was tearing the kingdom away from him. Mantles represent a rim of authority as in the tearing of his mantle. It was authority. It was a rim of authority. 1 Samuel, this is for, the reference for um, you to read is be 1 Samuel chapter 15, verses 27 and 28. 1 Samuel 15, 27 and 28. I'll read it here. And as Samuel turned around to go away, Saul seized the edge of his robe or his mantle, and he tore it. So Samuel said to him, the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to a neighbor of yours who is better than you. Elijah, he cast his mantle upon his anointed successor. Elijah, as a sign of a prophetic call to the office of the prophet in 1 Kings 19.19, 19, 1 Kings 19.19, 19, it says, So he departed from there and found Elijah, the son of Shabak, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he was with the twelfth. Then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him. So God still uses prophetic acts like that with that mantle. He's showing the authority that was in the, the mantle. I remember years ago, Tony, you might remember this because you might have been a member at our church, but I don't know if you remember him. This was, it was this apostle that was agape. I mean, really years ago, early, early, early in our ministry days, <laughs> our stumping days. Uh, I forget his name. His, he was an apostle out of California. And he came, he did a revival. And he took, I mean, he would come and just tear up our church because in a good way. <laughs> With the anointing and people and deliverance and everything. Oh my. Manifestation of the power and the gifts. Um, he one time was ministering on something and he took off his coat and he had Philip come up, my husband Philip come up, and he threw his coat on him. And he just broke. So a power mounted. He was down. He was out like up there for a while on the floor. Couldn't even get up. But that was, now we find later on, that was a representation of the mantle that God had placed on him. He was acknowledging it so many years in advance. 
before he walked, actually walked it. And is walking in it now. It takes a number of years for prophets and apostles to evolve. Say that again. It is a covering. Is a covering. We're going to get there because we're going to talk about what a mantle is, what the function is, what the benefits are. Okay. A covering has a, is, is a strong word too. You know how we say, oh, I need a, I need a covering, you know, a, a, a pastor, a leader, somebody to cover me. A mantle brings that same type of protection and covering for people. So God still uses prophetic acts. Look, when you look, look for them, be in tune to things that he does and says. He may even use you for uh, something like that. You never know. It's the transference of the mantle from Elijah to Elisha that signifies the passing of a prophetic responsibility and the power of God resting on him. So it's acknowledging that and he passed it on. Although that wasn't when he got his double portion, of course. The mantle served a symbolic purpose. In the case of the prophets, it shows they were wrapped, they are wrapped in God's authority and protective aspect against demonic attacks. Do you believe that? I have talked about prophets tonight, but that's what prophets are wrapped in God, that mantle. They're wrapped in his authority, but they're also covered and protected by God against demonic attacks. As long as they're, what, in their position, <laughs> doing what they're supposed to be doing, they haven't left, you know, they haven't left God, let's put it that way. They're in God's will. Prophets were identified by their mantles. So there's different, this, is, this is saying there's different type of prophetic mantles. The prophetic mantle was their spiritual identification in the spirit realm. You know, some have special anointings for doing certain things. There are different types of prophets, different type of apostles. Uh, some examples of different types of prophets. You know, you have what they call the marketplace prophets. You have people who are, you know, like senators and, and so forth can, can, have, can be in that office. But their earthly role and function is a senator or a lawyer or attorney. Please unmute yourself. You are mute, not muted. Okay, let's look at 1 Samuel 28. Saul perceived it was Samuel when he sought a medium to summon Samuel to inquire of the Lord regarding his death. And this is in verse 14. 1 Samuel 28, verse 14. So he, and I think this might be the amplified version. So he, Saul, said to her, what is his form? Meaning, what is Saul's, I mean Samuel's form? He's asking this medium, lady. And she said, an old man is coming up, and he is covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel. Isn't that interesting? He perceived. He used, a, God gave him the ability to see. And he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed down as Samuel approached him. He had honored him in that position. So Samuel was recognized as a prophet by the mantle he was wearing. It had authority. A mantle carries not only the authority, that power, the presence, the anointing. You're going to sense 
this around people. You should be able to sense this around people who are truly walking under God's anointing and called by God as his prophet. The spiritual authority and covering of the mantle. So new section. So we talked about what the mantle is. That is a covering that provides those few things that we talked about already. And it still exists today. And we still in our ordination services use, you know, we have a shawl we put on people. We put a prayer cloth. We put something on them to represent this mantle, right? In ancient Bible times, a mantle was the outer cloak used for additional covering and warmth, especially at night. So not only did the prophet have uh, an outer cloak, mere shepherds and people also wore them. But they were different types, as we just mentioned. The mantle was essentially the only blanket or protective covering the person had. Uh, in those times, of course, and it still is, that is desert country. But at night it gets cold. It gets cold in the desert. Very warm. I mean, very yeah, warm and hot in the day, but can get very chilly and cold at night. So they need protect, need a protection to coverings. From the ideal of a covering in the natural, a mantle can easily be seen to represent a spiritual covering. Just as Elijah served as a spiritual covering for Elijah, mantles usually refer to spiritual authority and covering. So if somebody sees a mantle, especially in the spirit, the, the, the spirits, the demonic forces, the, the angels, they recognize you by your mantle. And if I know Chantel when I see her, Chantel, and I see, I see Kelly, I see you guys coming, I notice you, and you wear a certain, I recognize you. Same situation in the heavenlies. So you, we're not the same. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Your match will look different than mine in the spirit realm. Okay? A prophetic mantle is a spiritual garment of authority that endows the wearer with supernatural abilities, grace, and an anointing of God to establish and accomplish the assignment and appointment. Okay? That's a mouthful. <laughs> It's a supernatural ability. It becomes a part of you, and you learn to wear it where it gets comfortable. Sometimes it's so comfortable you don't even know you have it on. But it, but it is there. And God can make it known to you, especially early on when he, if he feels he wants to or if you're pursuing and want to know. Sometimes you never know when you even got it. You may have gotten it way before you had your ordination service, and you were acknowledged by man. See, God acknowledges us first and places the anointing on us and sets us apart. And then man has, then he opens it up for man to do the same because it's based on what he allows that man of God or that woman of God to see. And then the fruit will manifest itself. So it's time out for people who walk around and say, I'm a prophet, or pull out their business card and say that they are. If you can't, if you can't determine <laughs> and perceive and let, let the revelation of God allow you to see who that person is, then step back because you, you have to wait. 
You can't, you don't, that's where it says don't lay your hands on somebody suddenly and things of that nature. You have no clue what you might be dealing with because there are supernatural people that serve the devil on the dark side. And that's where the devil can appear as, a, as, as an angel of light. And it's really not God. It's from the other side of the spirit realm. Spiritual things are, are um, they're serious things. Not to be scary and spooky about them, but to be knowledgeable and smart about them. Because God wants us to know. He, that's why he left the Bible for us to learn from and to know and to learn. So if he, for your garment, you have your abilities in your garment. We talked about the tool belt as an example, a carpenter's tool belt. And there's a grace. That's that ability to do something that you have no clue that you were able to even do, but you did it. An unmerited favor, that grace, that anointing. Sometimes they call prophets and the fivefold ministers grace gifts. Um, but it's just that ability to do things that others are not able to do. Because God's giving you, he gives a person that's called to these offices um, a different level of oh, responsibility. And in that you need more grace, more favor. You know, grace is another favor, another word we use for favor. Uh, he says that he these these measures that you receive, you know, don't think you got it here and then you're not gonna get any more, or you got it all, or it's not gonna change. Your assignments can change. Believe that your appointment may not change. You know, your position and your place and where you. Are but no, I'm sorry. I have to take that back. Appointment and assignment is very much the same. It's who you are is not going to change. You're the, you're still a prophet, but he can relocate you and place you in other positions and places, and can you know that can change. Um, when I talked about you not fitting your fitting your uh, what is it fitting your garment, it takes a while to fit your garment. You, you may fit it, but don't get comfortable because there's bigger. There's more that God can receive. I think it's David that was anointed three times. You know, was he, was he anointed priest initially, then king, and then whatever, but he was anointed three times. And then that is increase. Increase and, and uh, promotion. Okay? Each mantle... Depicts a differing of or different variety of divine elections in God's kingdom. Meaning divine election, like what is he calling you to do at that point in time? What is he authorizing you to do? I teach what I teach about intercessors, seers. These are just specific things about prophetic people that doesn't necessarily make that person have to be a prophet just because they could see, just because they're super sensitive in the spirit, or just because they can prophesy until you fall out doesn't make them a prophet. It's just a strong relationship and anointing from God in that gifting. That doesn't mean that they're a prophet because they can prophesy that way. We'll, you'll see as we go a little bit further in the teaching, um, some of the things that prophetic people fivefold do that's different from uh, 
uh, others that what I will call us uh, common uh, sheep <laughs> or, or, or uh, spiritual. You know, we're just spiritual beings. It's based on what God has called us to do. What is your divine election in the kingdom? What is your role? What is your responsibility? He's going to give you the whatever is needed to complete that role and that responsibility. So back to being an intercessor. Someone who is an intercessor has to be close to God. They have a, God's heart. He trusts them with very intimate things that they can pray for and pray through. Um, but personally, I believe that every prophet should be an intercessor because that's how close that relationship should be for a prophet with, with, the, with God in order to really hear the, the voice of God, have the breath of God flow through you and him, him trust you enough to release it the way that you're able to release it in your own self. Okay. Okay. So I said enough there about the, the grace and the abilities. Let's move on a little bit more. The prophetic mantle gives those who are called to carry the mantle of the prophet prophetic power and authority to access higher realms of the prophetic. So this is the difference between the gift and the person who's called to be a prophet. Are you so... Like I said, I've been to heaven a few times. It's, you know, it's pretty, I, I do that. Everybody does it. <laughs> not, and and not, not all prophets do either. It depends on what the election is of that prophet and what God has called them to do. I deal and I am very open to and I embrace supernatural stuff. And, I, and in my earlier days of development, I always worked with youth. And the youth love to talk about supernatural things and go places. And, and so at, at heart, I am a youth. I stay young at heart. <laughs> and I want, that's, where I, that's just my personality, how I made. So I have those supernatural encounters and experiences and out-of-body things. I could see a horse in my room and say, I saw a horse in my room. And everybody else would say, what? But then I have to clarify it depending on the setting I'm in. I like when I, I, I think I taught here one Sunday morning, and, and I said, you got to realize it wasn't in my room. I was in my room. I saw it in the spirit. <laughs> so I had to bring them, like, bring it back down so they could, I could keep their attention. <laughs> what, I was, what I was dealing with at the time or talking about. But I had to use that example. So as a prophetic person and then a prophet, your access to spiritual things, the deeper things, the deeper realms, is more open. It's there for you to embrace, to climb, and to pursue as you, as you desire. Remember, God doesn't, Holy Spirit doesn't force anything on us. We have to, yeah, we have to be the one to desire it. I wanted to, and as he, he brought it to my attention about these angels, it's like, okay, Lord, okay, why, do I, why are you wanting me to deal with angels? Well, he says, well, you've got to learn how to cooperate with them. I said, okay. And at the end times, there's going to be more and more angels and angelic hosts. And if he wants me to do that, he wants everybody else to do that. So he knows I'm going to teach about it. And I got into it and I studied. And I studied and I studied. And I still got some other parts to put together. I have one teaching on, on angels. I think it's, it's called Angels All Around. So I'm going to have more teachings come out on angels. 
because I'm sorry. You danced to that. I danced to that? All around wow. See, do you remember that? We'll have to talk about that. I don't remember that. <laughs> but um, so for me, accessing higher rims is a given. It's just when I want to. Because I could be, I could be spooky scary too. Because the real me, the natural me, is not all that brave. <laughs> but other people think that I'm brave. <laughs> Even my family. You know, they'll send me into a dark home and turn on all the lights for everybody else to come in before anybody else. Because I'm not scared. Go ahead, Marilyn, go turn on the lights. She's not afraid. She'll go in the house. Yeah, and I don't, I don't have a problem with it. There's houses where they done heard footsteps and different things like that or seen things, and I haven't. <laughs> so... I always see usually the good stuff. I've seen only the, the dark side a little bit here, enough to know. I know I know it exists, so I don't need to see it. I want to see supernatural things. I want to see God's hand move. I want to see miraculous things happen that, you know, make your eyes fall out, eyeballs fall out. Um, so the, high, the higher rims of the prophetic that I'm talking about are not spirit of prophecy, which can enter the room when we do praise and worship. That's usually when you see the spirit of prophecy happen or manifest or the gift of prophecy, which we might do some of that even this evening if we have time. Um, I'll plug the seminar in March because in March we will be prophesying quite a bit because we're going to exercise gifts, not just the gift of prophecy, but the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're going to let things just roll. We're going to let the Holy Spirit come and really teach us and challenge us and push us to another level. And those will be, it's called... Um, forget the name of it, but it's on the website. It's going to be a four-week seminar on Mondays, Monday evenings here at the church. So it'll be four consecutive Mondays in the month of March. So it won't be a Friday night gathering that month. So um, again, back to ancient times. A mantle revealed everything about that person. So when a person saw them in their mantle, they knew who they were. They knew their name. They knew what they do. They knew how much money they made. They knew how much education they had. They knew all of this. Their economic status, things about the, their rank, uh, their family. It was, it was a certainty what they wore. Now, Jesus, when he walked the earth, he wore white. He basically wore white. And what do we see now when we see Jesus? If you see him in the spirit in a room or a meeting, he still wears his white. He's, he's white. Usually you're going to see, what I usually see is lower parts, and then maybe up here I might see the blue sashes or something tied, the dangle that hang. But, you know, he's not wearing this kingly stuff, you know, that kings wore back in that time, and kings still wear today. So you're recognized by what you have on. Priestly prophets wore royal or priestly mantles. I mean, you know, you've seen the ephods that the priests had on where they, they had the, was it the um and the thumb <laughs> that they used for uh, prophecy at that time. And then you had kings who wore certain, certain uh, garments. Prophets wore certain garments. Kings and prophets, a lot of times they wore fur, distinguishing them from common people. It's like another level of, of, of a person that they were their social status. These were considered ancient mantles. The mantle worn by Elijah is the Hebrew word in Strong's Concordance, Adarah, 
It's spelled A-D-D-E-R-E-T-H. Adera. A-D-D-E-R-E-T-H. It pertains to a more splendorous robe rather than a hairy one known by, that was worn by prophets. So his was even distinctly different during that time. The prophetic mantle activated in a believer will have these effects. This, these are the effects that you will see as a result of a prophetic mantle on a believer. Number one, increase in the level of operation in the sphere, in their sphere, in the local church. They stand out. Their level of operation is a little higher than somebody else's. Now we're talking about a prophet where continual and progressive use of the gift of prophecy and uh, the anointing, prophetic anointing, is going to be recognized by leadership. You know, it's, like, it's almost like a shift. If you watch people prophesy, different people prophesy, you can see a shift in the anointing or the shift in the level of the word that goes forth. You can, you can feel the presence increase, the power being released, or the anointing falling. Number two, so this mantle, once it's activated on that believer, leadership recognizes the call. And that's when you, they may say, okay, you know, tell us about yourself. <laughs> What's going on with you? Because they can't really say always what they exactly see. They want you to tell them what's happening with you. You know, I'm having dreams, or I'm having visions, or I'm having encounters, or other whatever. I hear God speak to me, and this, this is how he speaks, and this is what he's talked about. This is what he says. Okay, number three. Gifting and anointing are recognized, nurtured, and commissioned by the leadership. This is when we go into ceremonies. You get a license or you get a certificate ordination. Gifting and anointing are recognized, nurtured, and commissioned by the leadership. And they'll, they'll connect you with the prophetic team, prophetic ministry. If there's a prophet of the house, which I love to see in all churches, have a prophetic company in a house, you would just join that prophetic company so you can continue to be nurtured and grow. Uh, admit you admit this person. That was number four, I think, right? Okay, I've got, I don't have mine counted, numbered. <laughs> Ministers more in the prophetic anointing than a simple gift of exhortation. A simple gift of prophecy in 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14 is to edify, exhort, and comfort. That's the gift. If, you're gonna, if you minister outside the gift, you're in a higher level. You're in the anointing of the prophetic. Where you start to, uh, let's see, what's an example? So, I mean, I'm going to see if I can go into prophetic ministry with Tony. Tony, I'm going to be my, my guinea pig for a quick. Tony Kelsey, Miss Kelsey. Hallelujah. 
In other teachings we talked about not be prophesying and seeing. Typically your, your prophetic people will go into those and it's not just the gift. They're receiving as they talk at the same time. It's a little different than the gift of prophecy. Gift of prophecy, you step out on faith, and we're going to be doing that in March, where you, you start, we just teach you to just say what's coming up without it hitting your brain at all. Whereas when you're in the prophetic anointing, <laughs> when you hit uh -huh, the prophetic anointing, you have a combination of them working together because you are the prophet. You are God's mouthpiece. It's just different. That's why I said that's a homework assignment to see how do you, how does the prophet receive, how are they prophesying? Is it really the same as the gift of prophecy? And if it is, why, are we, why do we have to distinguish the two? Why does it have to be separated? What I saw and what I sense in my spirit, which in my spirit is Holy Spirit, is that Tony has spent a lot of days on her knees, a lot of days on her face. She is a prayer. Pray, she prays, prays a lot, seeking the, the, the mind and the heart of God for her life and the, the life of others, especially her family. Tony has been always looking for where she fits, and she'll get a place and she's comfortable, and then God makes her uncomfortable, <laughs> and she has to do something else. She needs to move around. So I hear the Lord saying, yes, daughter, it's time for another shift. It's time for another shift. He's been showing you um, what types of things he would have you do, and you're not for sure if those are for you. So you, what, when I say that, it's like you're not for sure if he's talking to you. Am I really hearing that from you, God? Is that really you seeing me do those things? Can I, can I do those things? Or will I do those things? He says, you'll never find out if you don't shift, if you don't move to a new place. And he'll show you what that place is. You'll never experience it. Amen? Okay. So that was not just prophesying from the gift. Did you know? I don't know if you could tell. If you've been in a setting where, or have you had somebody prophesy to you, or have you prophesied in the gift of prophecy before? Um, say it again. Not having since left agape, and that's that's not good. Do you know how many years ago that's been? Prophecy is confirmation. It's the word of the Lord. It's life. It's living. It's life changing. It releases impartation. It can break things off of people. It can bring deliverance. It's healing. And you, she says she hasn't been around that since she left Agape. Agape is a church that we, we she and I both have come out of. And uh, we're talking really many, many, many years ago. 2003. Yeah. That long since she's been somewhere with that kind of, what I just did to her, that she's experienced it. So with pro prophetic anointing or prophetic ministry, there was ministry that was enveloped into what I was saying to her. Did you see it or sense it? Did you sense it? Wasn't, uh, wasn't anything deep? Wasn't anything real specific? You know? It was what? Clarity. It was clarity. So she felt it and, and received it because she says clarity. Word means 
she's been, it's, it brought something clear to you what God's doing for you. So you know what you need to do. So prophecy comes a lot of times. Oh, prophecy is supposed to be confirmation of something I already know. That's true. But everybody don't know already know either. Sometimes you need a prophetic word that comes that you've not even heard and you didn't even know it was in you that was supposed to be coming out. So that's, that's a whole nother level of prophecy. So you've got the gift of prophecy. You've got the spirit of prophecy, which is the lower level. Then you've got the gift of prophecy. Then you've got the prophetic anointing. And after the anointing, it's the ministry of the prophet. Okay? And so you should be able to distinguish the four. Sometimes they're very close, so you have to really be in tune to, to hearing and connecting in the spirit yourself. When you, when you go to meetings, and if you can get to a meeting that where they prophesy or they do things like that, you know, you're learning and gleaning from what you're hearing. I know Lord of Hosts may do more prophetic stuff like I just did. I don't, I don't know. I just know that there was one time we went there for New Year's Eve service, and they, they anointed everyone. We, we do that here every fourth Sunday, and, and words can go forth then. But it's still not, it's still, it's still not really prophetic ministry because that's, that's what that meeting's not set up for. When it's prophetic ministry, it's prophetic ministry, and it's a prophetic team that's lined up that goes forth. And, this, and you, you, they're allowed or given that one hour or that two hours to minister to people. That's what's missing in the body of Christ that needs. Not, not everywhere, but in most places. It's not there. Not to say, okay, that place is dry. I don't mean that. I'm just saying that. To actually have a full prophetic a meeting is hard to find. Especially even in Omaha. And then that was what God has called me to do. It's like, oh, wow, what am I cracking into? <laughs> but it's, it's, you know, it's work. And it's something that needs to happen. Okay, so that was just an example for you where once you've gotten a mantle that's been activated, the prophetic uh, grows from just a gift into anointing and ministry. They, this person will display a greater level of commitment devoted to having a lifestyle, prophetic lifestyle, and the call to the full development of preparing themselves, going to trainings, going to meetings, going to schools, and to, and to be equipped. They get dedicated. Someone that doesn't have the call, more than likely not going to do that. And, and there's plenty of them out there. They'll do the talk, or they want to prophesy, but they don't want to commit to educating. They don't want to commit and make the commitment. It's kind of scary, but they don't. Um, and, let's see. The height, width, depth, and breadth, and scope of the prophetic gifting will broaden over time. Their words become stronger. They're able to minister to Keep people, they'll, they'll minister to leaders. Um, it's just a, you know, they just continue to grow and to, to flourish as they get, as the opportunity presents themselves. There again, is the opportunity there. Don't always find the opportunity. There's an increase in the gift, the grace, the anointing. Increase in their faith, their wisdom, the revelation they receive from God. Their character is changed. 
They're different. Their authority, their accountability changes. They're good stewards to the secrets and mysteries of God. He begins to unlock a higher frequency of dreams, visions, prophetic utterances that is more directive and insightful. Prophetic senses are exercised and trained. That's Hebrews 5.14. They are trained. You have to be trained. Revelation and understanding of the scriptures in both Logos and Rhema word of God increases. Okay. I'm going to skip down a little bit here. Purpose of the mantle. It represents a person's uniform just like uh, the authority. And you have to see a policeman. They have their uniform on. You know who they are. They receive authority. They're, they're, they are acknowledged. The spiritual mantle represents a uniform of authority that a prophet wears that identifies his or her spiritual authority, power, and rank. So there's different rankings of prophetics. I know it's a, um, I'm doing some training. I go down to Tulsa, and uh, Dr. Paula Price, she has real structured structured. Uh, setting and has her own university that's certified and accredited and uh, her prophets she's got a chief for profit she's got an assistant chief and then she's got prophets and then they have the responsibility over certain areas over their certain specialties and so prophets are training prophets it's powerful and apostles because she's an apostle her daughter is a prophet her daughter uh, Tala is the chief Prophet there. Dr. Paula Price has written the book, uh, The Prophet's Dictionary. Here she says the prophet's mantle is a cloak. The mantle refle- reflects the prophet's scope of authority, discre- discre- discretionary latitude, and the sphere of prophetic service God assigns them. It also contains their anointing, and it intensifies, intensifying history, the income source or stream that it issues and the range of prophecies. I don't know where that's coming from, but I'll read it. And their subject matter, the prophet is limited or released to treat. So they're assigned, I guess, certain levels of responsibilities. I don't know where this word income is here for. I just kind of took it out of her dictionary. Uh, The prophet's power and sources are wrapped up in the mantle. There are different mantles, clothing, garments. We talked about that already. For example, there's apostolic mantles that represent the power and authority of an apostle, a sent one. Apostolic and prophetic offices are the highest degrees of spiritual authority in the church. And I just found out that my gifting or my prophetic thrust is apostolic because it's a builder. It's building people. You know, you're not building buildings. <laughs> You're building people's people's lives. And I, I didn't really know that until I took an assessment that she provides. She has assessments that you can take. And they'll give you detailed uh, information about your call. Uh-huh. It's online. Just search for Dr. Paula Price. Dr. Paula Price. Uh-huh. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh-huh. Paula Price. Okay, I'm just going to read this 
This is scripture. I think I'll just give it to you. Let me find it. Romans chapter 13. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, granted by his permission and sanction. And those who exist have been put in place by God. A mantle represents ordained authority by God. Spiritual mantles reflect spiritual authority. All believers function out of the spiritual mantle of Jesus, Christ who gives us a measure of authority over the powers of the devil. Jesus determines how much authority you get by what he has called you to do. So we receive a portion of Jesus' mantle, his prophetic mantle. When Jesus walked on the earth as a prophet, prophets now are supposed to walk like Jesus did when he did as a prophet. Every believer carries spiritual authority out of the mantle of the Holy Spirit, which is imparted and sent by the Father and Jesus Christ. The amount of anointing on and in your life is also relative to the call. Therefore, every believer has their own measure of spiritual authority or anointing, a measure of power and rule given to them by God, the Father, and Jesus Christ. God the Father and Jesus Christ. To fully comprehend the function of the prophetic coat, cloak, and covering, the prophetic mantle is a mantle of power that empowers us to prophesy or speak for God with greater strength, depth, and authority. When you prophesy with a prophetic mantle, you are prophesying with a cloak of the powers of the ages before you. You prophesy out of a portal of power where you will see the word of the Lord become flesh, which is Jesus. So if you think about it, um, you or we are portals. And we receive our information through a portal. So we have not only Holy Spirit and Jesus in us, he's around us. And there's a portal where he has access to your spirit. Um, God is moving us into a realm of speaking things into existence by the manifestation of the word of the Lord being released out of our mouths. The ancient mantles unlock the true essence and power of the prophetic that give us the ability to carry that same power and greater into the future. So the ancient mantles were locked up, preserved, and hidden in former ages. They're, they are coming now. They're saying they're being released on to us as if there's a passing of the mantles. And, and you know, I can sense that with this passing or changing into a new era and as we leave you know there's church at seven church ages and we're in the sixth church age which is the uh, not I shouldn't say church ages I mean there's seven dispensations we're in the sixth which is the church age or the, the uh, dispensation of grace the seventh one is going to be the dispensation of judgment that is supposed to be the millennium that is supposed to be, that's after the rapture. So we're that close. If we're looking at the, you look at the, around you, <laughs> and what God is showing us and what's happening. We already are seeing judgment hit this, our land. And it, 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 how can any, anybody perish? They just, just don't, they just don't want. 
they just don't want eternal life. Or they can care less where they end up at. It's not that important to them, I guess. I don't know. I can't do it. <laughs> Whew. Um, 